listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Heath Graham, alongside Cody Berry, and we're taking you on a 12-month tour of living your passion in business, leadership, and life. The Tour 12 Podcast is being presented by NUMA Outdoors. I got one thing to say, Cody Berry. What's that, bud? We back. <laughs> you know how many times you said we back at the beginning of a podcast every in time, the last uh, two years? Every time we've taken a sabbatical. <laughs> you didn't say it at all last year. Well, we've had a little sabbatical, uh, yeah. and I've caught some heck over it from a few people. I won't let's, call names on the podcast. Let's hear a little bit of the heck you've caught. What, what have people been saying yeah. to you? Well, they're saying, I'm tired of listening to the old podcast. Well, at least they're listening to the old podcast. Did you say thank you for listening to the old podcast? Um, yeah, but I'm. They were like after the second and third time. I'm like, well, there's a hundred episodes. It ain't like you did it all in a day. Yeah, but I've caught a little heck. It's been good heck. It's from good friends that have said, "When are you going to record another podcast?" Did you give them a date? No. You just said we'll get on. I that. said season four is about to kick off. <laughs> So for in 2022. Of, so for Happy of, New Year, boys. We're back. <laughs> for those of you listening, this is the first episode of season four hey, Tour 12 podcast. 2022. Happy New Year. Coming in hot off the national championship, which was I a know, pretty good game. Oh, man. I'm telling you, there were some smacks last night in that game. Some hard hits. There was some smacks. Who was you rooting for? Um, what did you say to me last night? The SEC. <laughs> Cody's text me said, "Who are you rooting for?" And I just said, "The SEC." I couldn't make my mind up because I'm like, part part of me wanted Georgia to win, yeah, and then part of me respects what Saban's done, and so I'm like, we're never going to see this again. Have you seen that that graphic? I think it's uh, I don't know how many seasons it is that Nick Saban has been there. But it's like the first two seasons yeah. he had. The first season was not a great record. The second season was better. And then every season after that, they've been almost either in contention or basically barely in the nas- out of the national championship. In a roundabout way, you're saying that they've been really good. He's the GOAT. That's what I'm saying. I think. What can we learn from Nick Satan? My that, buddy calls him Nick Satan. Nick Satan. Because he's an LSU fan. I did see a meme today. You know, that everybody walks around saying, not today, Satan, not today. <laughs> and somebody had crossed out the T and it, it said, Saban. not today, Satan, not today. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It was, was kind of, it was nice for me to watch a game that I really didn't care who went. Usually I'm rooting for somebody. I was right. just kind of rooting for a good game. And we yeah. got it. I mean, it was a good game till there at the end it got. Yeah, away. at the, at the end it did get a little sloppy, but I think Georgia was so fired up it was going to get sloppy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will. I will say this. I think this is because I'm obviously a, like a pro commentator for football and know my stuff. <laughs> my not, wife says it's not true. How do these people talk about that game that much? <laughs> <laughs> they know it all. I do think that had Alabama had their two number one receivers one and two because they were studs so do we need to put an asterisk by George's win here <laughs> no I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm just saying I think the outcome would have been different and they had two cornerbacks that were yeah and then that one guy got hurt early in the game too yeah and he was one of their other good receivers yeah. but they had no deep threat once that guy went out so yeah. they had lost their two stud receivers yeah and you noticed it throughout the game I don't even know why we're talking about this this has nothing well, to do well I mean it's fresh off the fresh, fresh off the press off the Man, they're partied. You know, okay, here's the tie-in. You know why ATA wasn't in Indy this year? <laughs> <laughs> I know why. <laughs> normally, so they were using all those facilities that we're normally right. at for ATA show. Yeah. It's when it's in Indianapolis. So it was uh, in Louisville, which it's rotated some. It's yeah. either usually in Indy or it's in Louisville. 
and um, I missed the show this year. We missed the show this yeah. year. Yeah, you had been sick. And- well, kind of. I don't know that I was going anyway. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we might have used that for an excuse, but we didn't. We actually didn't go last year because of COVID. Right. I've been for years and years. It's always a good show, but it was down. the The feedback I heard was it was down fifty to sixty percent in attendance, but the people that were there had really good shows. Yeah. I have heard that, so it wasn't like it was all a wash and terrible. Yeah, that's cool. So well, we're we're supposed to be headed out to Vegas in a couple weeks. We are going to shot. Yeah, it'll be my first time. I'm excited. You hadn't been shot yet. I've never been to Vegas, brother. Oh boy, Cody Berry. <laughs> I was looking for the free buffets. <laughs> what? Don't they have free buffets in all the casinos? No, they have free drinks over there if you gamble. Really? I don't. I don't know that I've they seen they buffets. They give drinks away, but not food. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't gamble, <laughs> so I don't know. Like I hang I out either. with everybody or whatever. But I did one time go to Vegas on another job, and well, I forgot where we stayed. One of these big places with a casino, and be the body went. We were filming something in the cattle world in Vegas. Kind of weird, but it it worked out. But anyway, I went and put a dollar in the slot machine. <laughs> lost and that was it and i was like i'm done b my wife he's like what do you mean you're done i'm like i'm not just gonna sit here and look i'd rather go buy something yeah than lose money and boy brandon he just kept on feeding it that's hilarious i was like get it big boy (laughs) ob about 700 later i'm like how long you gonna keep going (laughs) (laughs) we were on a cruise one time and my wife was like i've never been to a casino i really want to go that's hilarious i was like okay we can go in the casino and after we went in and walked into a wall of cigarette smoke i mean literal wall of cigarette smoke (laughs) she's like i want to do that machine over there and it was a penny slot thing you know yeah she lost, the, she lost about 13 cents and she's like this is dumb I'm out they have penny slots <laughs> yeah shut up yeah sure do that's how much I know about yeah. him I mean like, I thought there was quarters and dollar slots yeah. but and then there's probably hundred dollar bills or coins or whatever but excuse me yeah, I'm not in hundred dollar coins <laughs> yeah well they've got like tokens don't they is that how it works I don't really know I've never really gambled um, I'm not a gambler I've got plenty of issues in life but that ain't one of them <laughs> that's funny I'm uh, I ain't real bright but they got some pretty fancy facilities at those places yeah and they wasn't built on yeah they don't do it to lose money <laughs> they I don't, guarantee you they that. don't lose <laughs> but I have been around some winners we were there two years ago and my buddy Fred bass fishing guy uh, was with us and hanging out and he won big man he was everything was on him that night he was just having winning. so some people do win yeah I mean, I'm not one of those guys I would not I'm win. not gonna try Cody I don't blame you I just am not geared that way yeah I'd rather watch somebody else win I'd rather buy an implement for my tractor <laughs> or something there you go instead of just go throw it up in the wind it's like going out in the street to me and lighting a hundred dollar bill and just putting it in the road <laughs> Yeah, you would not see me doing Like, that. what's the point? That's my yeah. point, though. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. But. To each their own, I guess. Everybody's saying, there's a chance. There's a what chance. If, what if? What if? What if I win? What if I win? Well, we've what always, if I lose? We've, yeah, that's me. What if I lose? Or when I lose? It ain't what if, it's when. Because yeah, if you keep doing it. Yeah, losing there If you keep point. going long enough. They know how to make that work. I do have a recommendation for gamblers. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. If I were a gambler, this is how I would gamble. I would write it off as entertainment, and I would say, this is what I'm allotting myself. 
maybe it's ten bucks, <laughs> maybe it's a hundred, whatever. You yeah. name you name you're you're yeah. the budget guy for you and your wallet, yeah. family, whatever. Yeah. Say it's a hundred bucks, whatever. And when it's gone, it's and gone. when it's gone, it's gone. Now, if you want to, if you win and you want to spend the winnings, that's on you. Yeah, it's on you. But you, that would be my recommendation to if you're going to gamble. That's how I would say go do it. That's probably a good choice, but most people won't. <laughs> recommendation just, just well <laughs> i think if i was going to be a gambler that's how i would approach it i would say this is my entertainment for the night <laughs> i'm gonna take a hundred dollar bill or whatever 200 brandon might take 700 <laughs> he he'll take a dollar and but uh that would be my recommendation i think that might be a safe way to do it years ago when i was pastoring up in ohio we lived really close to a casino mm-hmm. and uh, i did a wedding at the casino you had to walk through the casino to get to the little place where the wedding was and i came back and i was talking to some of the leaders at our church and i was like we need to put slot machines in the in the cafe here everybody from age 35 to 55 was at the casino we would be the biggest church in town <laughs> They didn't like my recommendation. Yeah, I don't figure that went over too well. No, it didn't, but it was sure funny as heck <laughs> to see their face. I ain't going to lie. Well, and then there's that. <laughs> That's funny, dude. That, that is funny. I mean, who thinks Depending on who your uh, church people are. I chose the right people to say it to. Oh, I got you. She had, you had wisdom in your <laughs> yeah, commentary. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I wasn't taking a gamble on that. Well. Oh, oh you missed my job. Oh, I got you. Uh, I heard. Well, you're quick this year. I am. I'm good. I'm good. Quick. It's good to be back on the podcast. You got you to gotta admit. It has. It's been too long. Yeah. I mean, we have been busy. We've been doing a lot of work. and Yeah, but we probably have a podcast about excuses somewhere. Oh, I'm sure we do. And we're making one. Maybe, we, making should, maybe we should go listen to it. <laughs> See yeah. if we can learn something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we're we you know we took the time to sit down to get this started again and um, got a lot of things that we want to tell people and I ain't got nothing I want to tell anybody. Well then, why are we doing a podcast? I'm just I'm just here for the entertainment value. <laughs> okay. I'm just okay. trying to learn from you, Cody, the producer man. Okay. Well. You you have a lot going on. I think I could learn something from you. I mean, you have like. 77 we hear the old saying irons in the fire you got a lot of irons all the time yeah that's true that is true i mean a lot of it is work related but you got a lot of other irons too yeah and they're always hot like you got some most of the time i have a few irons that have been hot for a few years that are cooling down (laughs) like renovating houses renovating (laughs) (laughs) i'm down to the little things like changing light plates and Little things like that. Stuff that, you know, you don't really have to do until you sell your home. Yeah. <laughs> or a kid gets shocked. Speaking of honeydews, um, I had a funny honeydew the other day. Okay. Actually, it wasn't a honeydew. My wife just, she knows how I am about certain things. Like if I'm busy doing something on the couch or I'm working or, or doing something really productive like watching a football game or something. She just won't ask me to do something if she needs something done sometimes, which is weird. She should always feel like she could ask me to do whatever. But she gets on the phone, and she's on the other end of the couch, and she calls a moving company. She, I hope she don't listen to this. And I just happened. I, she talk, calls people all the time, so I didn't think twice about it until I heard her say, I need a price on what you guys would charge to move a treadmill. <laughs> this is a moving company. Like, the move comes in and moves whole homes. You know, she could have called me and well, would have done it. I, no, I, I was like, you need to hang that phone up right now. <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, trying not to be rude. She's like, what? 
I'm like, we got an 18-year-old boy downstairs <laughs> and two of his buddies that's down there probably playing video games or something. <laughs> we'll get this taken care of. She goes, well, I knew you wouldn't want to mess with me. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't calling a moving company to move the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I felt I lost some manhood in that moment. I was yeah, like, yeah. this is. Babe, I, I am a man. I got to step up. That thing. <laughs> Actually, I did. And we made Gavin and his buddies do it. Where'd you move it to? To upstairs into the new office. Oh, I got you. I was wondering if you were moving it like beside your bed so you could watch TV and walk. Yeah, you know, time. you know, I'm running that treadmill <laughs> hot and heavy, keeping the, keeping the, the the rubber hot on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not much for treadmill guy. I prefer the mountain. I get myself. bored on the treadmill. Like it's been too cold right now to just run outside. But so I've been running. It's always for me too cold or too hot to run. Mm. I ain't running, dude. Now I do enjoy <laughs> hiking the mountain. Yeah. I can hike the mountain all day. I like doing that, too. I just don't ever just go by myself, you know? Oh, I do. If somebody would say, hey, let's go hike, I would, I'd be all in. I don't look at it like that, though. Like, I don't go say, I'm going to go hike today. Yeah. I go to the farm. Well, that, I mean, I that makes sense. There's probably some good rubs and scrapes right up that ridge. Yeah. And then I get off into it, and the next thing I know, I'm coming out of a holler and climbing the mountain. Yeah. But then I, I have to switch my mindset from man this is terrible to i'm actually getting some exercise out yeah. of this and right over that ridge might be the sign i was looking for yeah the next place you want to hang a set yeah they would be proud of you why for all that exercise you've been doing looking for rubs i did i about pulled a bump and dump this year because yeah. i bumped a buck right out of his bed and then i was like i'm gonna come back in here but then i <laughs> Then I was like, nah, I ain't hauling a set all the way back in here because I'm going to blow every deer in the country out trying to get back in here to get him, get on him and kill him. So <laughs> That's funny. It's tricky hunting some of those spots. Yeah. I mean, you got to try to be smart about it. I mean, I think it's okay to go in there and bump one every now and then. Yeah. Especially in November because yeah. stuff's bumping them all the time anyway. Right. Um, they're bumping each other and coyotes are in there or whatever. You can't make get consistent with it. But when you've got a lot of mountain ground and and you know every every spot you want to hunt's not easy access you got to think it and think it through a little bit mm-hmm. but i did find some sign this year that i really want to hunt next year and i just don't know that i can get to it without messing it all up do you think if you found a different access you could maybe do it yeah like a helicopter oh <laughs> that just lowers me straight down from way up. we're gonna be high enough <laughs> I <can just> see. <laughs> oh my gosh i have this mental picture of you jumping out of a helicopter no i ain't jumping they're gonna winch me down but we're gonna have to be so I high like my mental picture better it's way cooler <laughs> we're gonna have to be so high up the deer can't hear the helicopter which is high yeah oh yeah actually we might not have to be that high they're used to helicopters and maybe not, not, not r- like right above the tree feet above the trees <laughs> <laughs> well that's what this spot would take that's, where's this spot at is it at the farm can't tell you sneaky snake oh whatever you'll be in there trying to trespass <laughs> i know the code <laughs> is it trespassing if you know the code <laughs> if you just go to the mountain and find the most difficult terrain you can find uh-huh. and just start heading north meaning up (laughs) (laughs) like to the sky yeah like that kind of north (laughs) that's funny no it's it's, uh i've had a good year out there though yeah i've had a lot of fun yeah you've seen a lot of animals and there's one that you've been chasing this is the second year you've been after it yeah it ain't looking good cody yeah 
I still have a little time left. He, but. T- he told me yesterday, he was like, hey, he showed up before before dark yesterday. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, I'll go film you. He, he didn't call. No. I'm guessing he I, didn't show back up. No. I, he's going to have to give me at least two nights in a row. Yeah. Just to. And the it's bad kinda, thing about that, though, is he might not show up the third. He probably won't. He ain't showed up in daylight in two years. So... Well, he has when I went duck hunting one time. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I was that, so mad, dude. We were on our way down to Run a Gun Adventures, and I'm sitting over there in the passenger seat working on something, I think, and he was like, oh, boy. He got a text on his phone or a, a tactical tactic reveal alert or whatever they do. I don't right. They call them push alert. That's a notification. Notification. <laughs> Cody, the producer, man, it's a notification. <laughs> From the guy that develops apps or could. <laughs> anyway, and he's like, oh boy, you know, driving down the road and he opens his phone and he sees it and he starts grumbling and complaining. I'm going duck hunting. I text my B. Us, let's go duck hunting. <laughs> it was bittersweet. Like it was awesome because we were yeah. taking Gavin to hunt. He wanted duck hunting. And I wanted it's always to go fun. To it. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that, but it's when you've been hunting a deer or trying to kill this deer for two years and then the one time you go I don't duck hunt number one much <laughs> like once a year <laughs> when we go to run a gun yeah when we go to run a gun and so when you're on your way to a duck hunt and your target deer shows up in the daylight like 20 yards from your stand at 10 o'clock in the morning and he didn't just show up Cody he was like a model <laughs> he hung out he did every pose and position he could do in front of that camera and just flaunted it it was almost like you know how bodybuilders come out and they, they flex and do all their yes. different slap their thighs all that bull crap. That's basically what he did. That's basically what he did That's in front hilarious. of my kid. That dude, he did every pose he could just to be like, ha ha, duck hunter. That's what he was thinking. That's hilarious. He has been a tricky buck, man. I've, um, you know, I I talk about this property a lot because it's, it's fun for one and it's, it's, it's the life we live is chasing these deer. Part of the life we live and I love the challenge of it, and I'm even okay and happy if I don't get him right. get him killed because I know he's still around, you know, and, yeah. and he's not going anywhere unless somebody else happens to kill him, which could happen. But he's outsmarted us all so far. But I did get a little bit riskier here late season. I got off in the woods a little bit deeper on a trail that I thought he might be using, hung a camera, and sure enough, that night he came through on video. And so I went back in the next day hung a set and um left my camera up and actually had deer coming under me while i was hanging the set midday not him but but deer were coming through there and they didn't booger too bad and then left the camera up son of gun ain't been back on that trail since i've been back and i didn't get on the trail i hung 20 25 yards off the trail in a pine thicket pretty much it's pretty tough it would be an awful TV show. You have to helicopter into that one. <laughs> no, no, not that one. It's pretty easy access. But um, this sucker jumped up. Probably I've got a, I got a lot of cameras on this one tree line on our place, and some of the gun showed up on that camera. Now he's using that trail. So it's like it's like he knows. Yeah. I showed up and I hung the set on the right wind and everything based on where I feel like he, I know where he's coming and going from. I've got it pretty well dialed in, but he moved up about 40 yards and really? yes, yes i've got cameras 40 yards apart <laughs> <laughs> i literally i've got probably 
what one time I had five cameras down this one tree line, just trying to see where he's just trying to pinpoint where he's. You know, I'll move cameras around quite a bit too, but um, during November and for sure December, I I was trying to pinpoint exactly where he's coming and going from Mm -hmm. if I could find any type of pattern. And I haven't necessarily, I wouldn't say I've got him patterned like I would early season, right? Because you can pattern them, you know, before they can start falling pretty well. And um, in October, but I feel like I've at least got it narrowed down to a sixty to eighty yard section area yeah. of where he's using. And there's multiple there's trails everywhere. He's using multiple trails in there. Do you think that since you've been in that area, he'll change that as the year goes along? If you keep going up in there to try to set up, or do you think? Uh, I think he he could, but I, but I don't, again, I don't know that I'm going to just keep on diving deeper and deeper in there, mm-hmm. mainly because of access. Yeah, the farther I get in there, the easier it is to blow stuff out of there. Oh yeah, and especially like a, when you're going walking through the woods in the dark, it's easy. Oh yeah, and and he, like I said, I don't feel like he's going anywhere, and so it's funny too. It's not like he's a 200 inch deer. <laughs> when we are in Arkansas, yeah, but he's a he's a very mature mainframe eight point for where we live. Yeah, and um, and I really think he's five and a half maybe six and a half now maybe somewhere in there so it'll be really interesting if i don't get a shot on him this year to see see what happens next year if he if he takes another leap he's going to be a a very nice eight point for arkansas i mean he may be bumping mid 140s that's really cool by next year he took a huge jump this year like probably 10 12 inches this year if you don't shoot him this year i want to i want to be there when you shoot him this year well just because I, th- I mean, I know you spend a lot of time out. I was there. gonna say you better get your uh, patience gear on and get ready to go for a bunch. <laughs> this dude's something else, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's smart. He, they get, they don't get that old being dumb for sure. So you've had several deer out there that are kind of like that, though. They're they're getting mature and oh yeah, and it's because they're. It's not that there's nobody that hunts out there. It's just they've learned right. to, I think, probably use the terrain to their advantage and yeah. Um, stay alive yeah it's it's funny man i had you know I, I had two target deer last year and got shots at both of them killed one of them missed one of them because i'm a moron and uh you want to tell us about that <laughs> did i not ever tell that story i'm sure you did i I'm think just, i did just messing with you but anyway i had so this year um the and the, and the big eight was one of the target deer last year he wasn't the target buck last year but he would have been borderline if he'd have walked in it'd have been really hard to not shoot him but this year he completely disappeared um you know towards the end of october and i didn't see him until late december again and um which that's fairly common um with homestead deer whatever you want to call them they're they've got their home range but they're going to go take off a few miles away during right. whatever but i had another buck that has been living around there too the buck i called julio that that we ended up killing mm-hmm. this year and he was no doubt the dominant buck in the area he was i mean just a big he really was a bodybuilder like he yeah. that day was bowed up man that's the one that just walked right up on you while you were getting yeah yeah i had an encounter with him no i just got in the blind this year no okay that's the one riley killed oh i got you that deer i tried telling that deer i really did the first time that deer i'd been seeing it when i was out there on the dozer digging in the summer uh-huh. he was out there at 40 yards from me while i'm digging playing around the tractor then i went out there to feed whenever it was legal to feed around here and that sucker chased my truck into the farm and i told him right then cody i said deer (laughs) 
you are going to die yeah. soon if you don't be a little smarter than this. I really did. I told him. He didn't catch what I was laying down because Riley killed him first set of You're the year. You're such a caring individual. I really tried to do that thing. ran to the back of my truck. Speaking about caring, not too long ago, you took me to South Texas. Yeah. And we were going to try to take pictures of deer. Yeah. Because that's what we do. We take pictures and yep. video. We were going. You were going to do photography. Right. And I was going to do videography. Yep. And um, I'm not so sure you didn't take me out there to die. You got scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> so we're out there to go take pictures of animals. Right. And we go in the middle of this place in South Texas, and everybody... <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying about South Texas. There's a good chance you're going to see people that you don't really want to see. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> and Heath and I are sitting out there. We had a we had two cameras, two chairs, and <laughs> a 400 millimeter lens and, and a 200 to 600 that, that you might could have used as a baseball bat if you well, needed to. We're chilling, taking pictures and. No, we were no. not taking pictures. We were we were in hopes of taking pictures. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out, and it's the guy that was, that dropped us off was supposed to come pick us back up, and we start hearing coyotes. Yeah, and Cody, um, you should have seen Cody, the producer man. He uh, he got a little squirrely there for hey. just a few minutes. He's like, um, I think they're getting closer. <laughs> they were. <laughs> you know how coyotes are. They're always like they're sound closer than they are. Yeah. But I think you got a little nervous. I just was like I I like to be situationally aware of what's going on, and the first thing that I realized was we don't have any way to protect ourselves. <laughs> you did have a pocket knife. I didn't realize it at first. <laughs> I had my I was like I had my backpack and I was like oh I got a knife. You I ha- got two knives and I handed Heath one. <laughs> you both. have a whole world of um, podcast listeners right now, predominantly hunters. Yeah, that are laughing at you right now. I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just a few coyotes, man. I was like, we'll be fine. It coyotes. was funny though. <laughs> so you you were uh, you were pretty nervous, man. I I don't know if I was nervous, really. I mean, because we were laughing pretty hard. <laughs> I just you thought, know, there's been um, three times. Is that right? No. When was the time we almost died coming home from Indianapolis at the end in that? Oh, that was a couple of years ago. Right two years before ago. COVID. So in the last two years, um, I have almost died three times. Very well could have went situationally could have happened. This is a true story. Yeah. We got just for our listening audience, our newest newcomer to the team, Drake Adams, is listening in, in the studio today. I know he's not talking on the podcast, but he's like, listen, he's like, you moron. This is what I'm working with now. <laughs> anyway, just so you know, if we're talking to somebody that you can't hear, that's Drake laughing at us. So but anyway, back to my story. At least three times, and I could be missing one or two, that I could have died. This is true. Like, really could have died. Um, which we talked about one of them on the podcast was when the gun, when the bullets were screaming by our yeah. head with B and B hanging a set. Have that's you ever heard my, that story? That's one of my son's favorite because you and B were both doing sound effects. It was, um, that is no lie. Like, it's a wonder one of those bullets didn't take us out. I am surprised too. But in that moment, I'm dying laughing <laughs> while I'm hiding behind an oak tree and Brandon's at the top of the tree hanging around the backside. We had a, Drake, we had a guy from a neighboring property 
we're on the outskirts of town, so it's like almost urban hunting. But a guy just decided to start shooting his pistol sighting, and he had no idea we were 50, 60 yards across the fence from him, and just unloading. And all of a sudden, bullets are streaming by us. Well, Brandon's up, we're hanging a set, and I'm behind the tree laughing my head off. I'm like, we're going to die. And Brandon's up there, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> scream at him i'm like no we'll mess our spot up <laughs> he's like are you freaking kidding me anyway so that was one time we almost died then and i laughed then the way home from indianapolis when we got sideswiped on the interstate and we were been driving like 10 10 hours and 15 minutes on an 11 hour trip and these girls probably playing on their cell phone <laughs> overcorrected bounced off of a uh Guardrail. What was it like? Ten o'clock at night or something? No, it was later than that. Whatever time it was, it was night. Hit the back of the the Yukon and spun us in the middle of the interstate. Doing, I was probably doing seventy because I yeah. don't speed. So we were going backwards down the interstate doing seventy, and I was with my. <laughs> oh, dude, I went straight up Dukes of Hazard. I, I did feel. I felt like I was right in the car. Did you the, feel safe though? I mean, since I we didn't hit nothing, yeah, it was good. We slide off going backwards into the meeting. I'm like, I got this, I got this. And we get slammed and finally stopped. <laughs> we looked at and him. I looked at him. I said, "You good?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "We're good." He said, "I better call my wife." <laughs> I said, I "Better call my wife." Her car just got messed up. But anyway, that's, that's number two. time number two could have okay. died. I was laughing. <laughs> Third time I hadn't talked about on the podcast was this past spring break oh yeah we were in a potentially life i mean very easily could have died in colorado so i drove the whole way to colorado until we got to about denver because we were going snow skiing and the razorbacks were in the sweet 16 and i told my wife i said we're gonna pull over up here stop somewhere because i'm watching the game the rest of the way it's like an hour to the slopes where we're headed you can drive from there when that short amount of time a huge snowstorm come in froze up everything black black ice formed the whole deal in a matter of no time she hits black ice on the side of the uh or on the i think we're in a three or four lanes up in the mountains and the uh a car hits slides into us from behind and we're in her little suv and it slides sideways the car hits us slams us left which it's a good thing we went left we slam into the big cement wall because there's like four lanes on the other side of that wall mm-hmm. So, it's a good thing we got slammed into the left wall because on the right side, there was a guardrail and then there was about a thousand foot drop straight down. And so, we're coming down this hill, we get stopped, the car gets stopped behind us, but the problem was there was just tons of traffic. So, you recall the Texas incident that happened with all the black ice Yeah, yeah. that happened, was that last year? Right. And all those cars were just slamming into each other. Did you see that video, Drake? And the 18 wheelers are just coming and just crushing cars. Well, that's exactly what I envisioned and I had my family in the car. Right. And um, I wasn't laughing at that moment because I was like, in the next 30 seconds, we could either all be dead. So I, jumped, I was like, y'all got to get out of the car right now. Get out and get across these lanes and get over there behind that guardrail. So while that was going on, while I was trying to buy some time, and this is where I was probably a moron, I started walking into oncoming traffic on black ice, going up the mountain with cars coming at me, waving, just trying to get them to slow down enough. <laughs> and about the time a car started sliding straight at me, I jumped up on the guardrail like, 
because I was like, this car friction slam into me. And um, it got stopped before it got to me. That was not a good move. Yeah. I had people yelling at me, like, get out of the road. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to get out. I'm just trying to buy them some time. And um, so long story short, I got them out of the car and some road graders were coming behind us. It's probably the only thing that saved our vehicle. Otherwise, it was Because they were going fairly slow. But they were blocked, blocked like all three or four lanes. However many, however many lanes there was, that's how many of them big snowplow trucks was coming. Really? And I got them slowed down to let them know there was a problem and they got everything stopped. Yeah. Complete miracle. But anyway, after all that happened, we got back in the car, record hauled off the car and all that. I got back in the rig and I said, babe, the hogs won. <laughs> <laughs> then I was laughing. She said, not now. <laughs> and nobody, like, because my, man, my, my daughter was in tears. My wife's in tears. Oh, Gavin man. was just kind of like, what just happened? First, yeah. first major wreck for teenager, you know? Yeah. And they were all like, not the time, Dad. Yeah. So anyway, three times in the last two years, very well. So I think my moral, my whole story telling that, I guess when I die one of these days, you'll be laughing. I'm probably going to be laughing all the way to the grave, I guess, because um, that just seems to be my pattern. You know, it's funny those how those things happen, though, and they they create opportunities for you to have a memory, yeah. whether it's funny or it's something that you'll never forget or whatever. My son had his first wreck. Oh, I heard about that. Not long ago. Yeah. In my Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, Lord, Cody, Cody going to be mad. Yeah, no one mad, but he he, or he texted because at the time his phone wouldn't call. Right. Because he had messed his microphone up, so he texted, Dad, come to Atwoods now. <laughs> and normally when he texts, he says, Father, and waits for me to respond. It makes me so mad. <laughs> like, just tell me what you want, not Father. Father? Yeah, he'll say Father. And then. You got to know Jaden, though. He's kind of like comedic relief, too. Oh, he's something else. That's for sure. <laughs> He'll, he'll say father and he won't text anything else until you respond back right you can be like yeah what's up and then he'll send a paragraph but like not at first and I think he remembered because I told him I was like if you ever really need me you gotta just text me you right. know like, tell me what you want well he texted we were at a basketball game and um, he said come to Atwoods I've hit somebody had a wreck whatever and we get to Atwoods and that you know how outgoing and how oh you know, yeah just energetic Jaden is yeah I, he was shaking. Oh, I mean, he was so scared, so fearful. He had buck fever, didn't he? He had something fever. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, the people were really kind, and they were taking good care of him enough and all that stuff. You know, it shook him up. Though. It shook him up bad. Yeah. It, it caused that you know him to be a little bit fearful. And uh, I got in the truck with him, or the jeep, drove it home. Fortunately, it didn't mess too much up on the jeep. Just right, bent the bumper a little bit. Yeah, he's like dad. That guy, I thought he was going to beat me up. You know, like when I first did it, he was swinging his hands in the air, like when we were right before I hit him, and and it took him several days to want to drive the Jeep again. Yeah, because of that. Well, for that per- perspective for the listeners too, like Jaden, he's sixteen. Yes, and well, so you know he just turned just 17. turned, but he hadn't been driving very long. No, no. So it was his first fender bender. Yeah, Rick, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But it shook him up. Yeah, like, it shook him up, and it took him a little bit of time to want to drive the Jeep again. And I still don't know if he wants to drive it. <laughs> I will tell you the the time the Indy trip coming home whenever that we got sideswiped that whole deal on the interstate, and then after that Colorado deal, um, I was a little hesitant too. Like not yeah. not that I wasn't going to drive. I'm already what I would call probably a defensive driver. Like, I think everybody's going to hit me. That's part of why I drive slow and everybody calls me old man. But I'm just like, I ain't in a hurry to get nowhere, really. I'll get there when I get there. But um, it changed my perspective a little bit more to where I'm even more cautious now watching people coming from behind. Or like if if when I'm even going through a green light, I'm looking both ways about three or four times 
just to see if some well that's probably a good habit to be in uh, yeah <laughs> well i mean because more than likely somebody's on their phone and fixing to run yeah. a red light you know it's just the way i think and so um but it did man especially that colorado deal so i jeremiah who was my buddy we've been hunting together forever he was with us in the in the early days with sb um we were actually snow skiing with their family so he came down the mountain to pick us up and we still had to drive another 45 minutes in a blizzard in a two-wheel drive expedition and i was like i do not feel good in this rig (laughs) jeremiah was like hammered down he's like we got to get a running start because this thing ain't gonna make it up the mountain i'm like oh so our whole family after my little razorback jokes about them winning it was kind of sketchy for that because that's not the moment you want to be right back in the car oh no driving in a blizzard that you just had a could have been a fatal wreck you know and uh so it, it definitely it definitely I don't know about shook me up, but it just made me definitely more cautious. And it's one of them deals you're like, ah, I'm okay if I never have to experience that ever again. Right. You know, so it's been an interesting uh, year. Listen, for the last two years, I've been wearing the heated core line from NUMA. Call me soft if you want. Fact is, I'm not interested in being cold when I'm up against freezing temperatures in the woods. And this is not just another base layer. It's next to skin warmth, powered by a lightweight lithium battery. It provides constant and efficient heat to warm your core, and yet you still have complete freedom of movement. If you're a hunter like me that often finds yourself in cold scenarios, this one is a game changer. The Iconics heated core vest and the heated core pant have allowed me to comfortably hunt longer without all the extra bulk. Head over to NumaOutdoors.com and use code TOUR12 at checkout. That's T-O-U-R-1-2, TOUR12, which provides an additional 20% off your next order. This offer is specific to the heated core line and is valid through March 1st of 2022. I don't know how we got off on Rex and. Well, I think it works out though, because we, today we were talking, planning to talk about how fear can. Let's talk about being scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to segue us there by I knew making what a doing. fool of myself. I knew <laughs> what you was doing. I knew what you was doing. <laughs> but I think it actually does kind of work out because those moments where um, fear fear can enter your life and what do they say you gotta get back on the horse or you'll never do it again i got a horse story oh lord <laughs> dude b would be so proud actually no he wouldn't be i want to hear this i don't know if i've heard the horse story. so whenever this was years ago no oh, i was thinking like this was recent no 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 so he's never owned a horse never probably gonna own a horse i don't want to feed a horse <laughs> sure don't want to take care of a horse but anyway um this was years ago my pastor back when we did a bunch of youth ministry and stuff he had a horse that had not been ridden in forever and he's like it's been broke it's an old horse he's like but it needs somebody to ride it and i was like man saddle me listen I'm back when guy. i was i'm your guy <laughs> let me i didn't know how to saddle a horse so the first time you were like that little boy on uh yellowstone yeah you yeah learn all yeah i needed i needed somebody to show me i really did when you hear this story you're gonna be like you idiot so I didn't even know how to saddle a horse. I just knew they had some straps, throw the saddle on, tighten them up, and get on and go. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I get this horse out of the stall at this barn, and I get this saddle out, and I threw it on there. Man, I was Yellowstone. Would have, they'd have probably put me in a cast if they'd have seen me working. Threw that thing. That's a joke, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> threw this thing I mean. on, and I, I, I cinched up the first one. The, on the front of the bead, he's like, "You know what that's called?" Is it, no, I won't say stirrup, but that's what your foot goes. In. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called either. But well, anyway, here's where I made a mistake and didn't know I was fixing to make a mistake. I, there's a back strap too. Drake, you know about horses? 
Well, I cinched the back strap up as tight as I could. Yeah. Because so I was like, I don't want. Look at Drake's like, uh-uh. <laughs> Bad deal. Yeah, I didn't know, though. So I was like, I don't want that thing moving around. So I cinched that sucker up, and it kind of perked up a little bit. <laughs> dude, I jumped up on that horse, and I didn't even kick it. I didn't have to do nothing. It went, whoop. Dude, it, was, it wasn't no eight-second ride. That's hilarious. That dude took about two steps and threw me maybe 15 feet in the air. And I come, <laughs> it's like slow motion, man. It's like, <laughs> and I'm up suspended in air and while I'm suspended in air like this the horse is just he's gone he's gone bucking <laughs> about 200 yards across the field but when I came down I landed I meant literally like my shoulder caught the edge of the barbed wire fence I almost landed on the barbed wire fence oh my and so I'm sitting there like a moron and I'm like I didn't know B back then but he would have not been proud he'd, he'd like, have been laughing he'd be like Heath you're never riding a horse ever again <laughs> or wearing a cowboy hat yeah, well I didn't have no cowboy hat on he, he would it would have not been good but anyway I had that moment where I was like I've got to go I don't know nothing about horses but he ain't beating me and I, I was and he finally stopped like maybe 300 yards just two or 300 yards across the field and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm on the ground in my self pity. I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, I've got to get back on that horse. Yeah. So I walked all the way back over there, and um, I didn't cinch everything back up. I didn't know what made him kick, but I knew that was on the back end, so I didn't re-cinch everything up. Just I just left it like because I guess he loosened it up a little bit right. while he was jumping or whatever. So I got back on him, and we was good buds ever since. After that, I rode him around. And Do you know I used to ride barrel horses? you're a barrel racer no i'm not a barrel racer <laughs> you should never say that again on air no because i rode a barrel horse one time yeah but that's like a female sport no i think men do it too bro well i ain't never watched no actually i have because we've joked about b bearing a barrel racer so i know they do exist <laughs> they do b i'm glad you made it on this podcast today even though you're not here i did i rode a barrel horse one time and i had a similar experience yeah but my friend who owned the horse failed to tell me that they had trained this, that barrel horses are trained, I guess, when you tighten your legs to go faster and and when you tighten one side, it turns and all that stuff. Right. Well, I was not very confident in riding a horse and I got on it and squeezed my legs tight and it was the same thing. Just he was gone. I didn't fell off. Right. But that horse ran around the fields faster than I expected it to. <laughs> And when we got when I got the horse back under control and got up to the barn, I was like, I ain't ever doing that again. <laughs> you just pull the brakes on them. I didn't know what to do. I learned where the brakes were on the horse go. after that whole deal. I didn't say go. My problem was I couldn't pull the brakes in midair. <laughs> I wasn't holding on to nothing except air. <laughs> That's hilarious. But anyway, that was a. Uh, it was a, uh, and I'm probably sure I yelled out something while I was in midair. <laughs> I don't know what I don't cuss, but I probably thought about saying a cuss word. That's funny. But it was a definitely a moment where I had to overcome fear yeah. to get back on it. Like getting thrown off or whatever it was what it was. But the getting back on it, there was the whole mental game. You had to do it. Yeah. I was like, I know because I, I wanted to keep riding him and I did for a long time after that. I'd go out there there for a while, almost at once a day. Yeah. For a while. I I got backed out of not doing it all the time eventually but that's cool but i knew i had to go get back on him because i couldn't let that horse yeah i know just enough about animals you gotta let them know who's boss you know yeah it's one of those type deals and so i think one of the things i've learned about fear over over the course of my life and we've heard it in all of these stories is it has the potential to change the person that you are yeah or the person that you want to be like you could have very well could have said i'm we're just going to get in the airplane and go back home. We're not going to drive on to Colorado or 
you know that or i'm not going to get back on the horse or whatever right my wife the same she before we were dating we were going to ride one of those things where you go up real high and it drops you down and you swing and she said if if i get up there and i cuss don't think badly of me (laughs) you know what i mean because fear was going to bring that out you know and so that's one thing i've learned over my life and i think that that applies to business it applies to the way you lead people it applies to even little things like getting back on the horse or the motorcycle or the bicycle or whatever that fear has the potential to change the person that you want to be or the person that you already are you know and yeah we don't want that yeah well I, i think we've all seen it i mean fear a lot of people live in fear like and i'm not talking about being like when you're a kid being scared of the ghost man in the closet or whatever i mean from the way we operate in life a lot of people are are fearful to make a move Mm -hmm. to try something new or to you see especially we're kicking off 2022 a lot of transition for a lot of people Uh, drake's here with us now he just made a huge move transitioning down a new career path and we've got other friends that have made some transitions and a lot of times people won't make a move because they're, they're it really comes down to the fear of the unknown. They right. don't know what's on the other side of that coin. And so they're like, I don't know if I want to put myself in a place to be hurt. And, and a lot of people, if they've been hurt by, we see it all the time in marketing. So I won't name names, but we've got some clients right now and some new clients who are going to be awesome. But we learned very early on that they had been burnt by some previous marketing firms. And so they're automatically a little on edge and a little fearful of anything we say because they've been burnt by somebody else. By somebody else. Yeah. And so it makes our job, I wouldn't say harder, but it may take us a little more time to build and earn trust than it would had they not been burned previously. Right. And so I think a lot of people... And we see it in, in marriage and relationships and friendships a lot of times. If you've been burnt by a friend or something, mm-hmm. then it's hard to trust the next person that could be a good friend that you think may be loyal. But then and we've seen it in the church world growing up, doing what we did in the early days, you know. And so I think if you're not careful, you can let fear paralyze your life. That'll keep you from a lot of great things you couldn't be enjoying mm-hmm. if if you allow fear to kind of dominate your life yeah. in that fashion. A statement know? that was made to me years ago <clears throat> years and years ago i mean i i was probably 21 or two whenever someone whenever i was told it but it was kind of around that like i was trying to make a decision for my family do we want to move from this state to that state from this job to that job do we want to do all this and i'm i'm an oldest child and i i want everybody to be taken care of everybody to be well so as a result of that sometimes i'll analyze stuff to death and yeah the person looked at me i like somebody a good friend of mine i was like what do i do you know like what do i do i've talked to all these leaders i've talked to people that i trust i just don't know what to do i'm just this is a big move and uh, my friend looked at me and he said too much analysis leads to paralysis <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i said thanks dr seuss <laughs> but i started started thinking about that and that's what fear does it'll cause you to anal- analyze a situation so much to the place where you start thinking irrationally about the moment like about what might happen you know like right. if i switch jobs what's going to happen well if you switch jobs you're going to go do you should go do a good job and you know yeah. forward and if it don't work out it don't work out yeah. <laughs> you know but that's what's people hard for people to understand though it's like and that's where i don't ace a lot of things but I, I feel like i do okay at that one thing when it comes to worry i don't worry about a whole lot yeah i'm not saying i don't worry about anything 
I think it's human nature sometimes. And when you're when you're in business and growing business, and you got, you feel like I used to joke with you about when you first came on about. I told Cody, I'm like, I got my own little mission field here with you and all your kids. <laughs> but you, there is pressure that comes with that to know yeah. that if if you're going to be a trustworthy friend, then those people have to know if they come to work with you, they're going to be taken care of right. no matter what happens. Well, when you got clients that they're fairly good sized contracts, when you start losing a contract, it can be a big hit on the company. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying that because I, there have been things, I wouldn't say I'm fearful of, but I definitely have concerns mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and I think there is a difference in that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of things like that, that if you allow them to control your mind, they're going to keep you from the full enjoyment of what you could be having in life. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to, I always look at it like this, no matter what the situation is, I always play out in my mind. What's the worst case scenario. Cause really whatever the worst case scenario is, number one, the worst case scenario probably ain't even going to happen. It's probably just something mentally you've dreamed up. Yeah. But if it does happen, what does that look like? So for me, whenever I made the leap from the full-time ministry world and doing full-time marketing, there were some of those questions, you know, like what is the worst case scenario? And so for me, the worst case scenario was I might not have as much money, which I didn't have much money anyway when we started. So it wasn't, I was like, well, that ain't that big a deal. I didn't have no money anyway. I might not have as nice of vehicles or as nice of whatever. A lot of that stuff is, 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 is worldly type things that are, what's the word I'm looking for? possession materialistic things and so it was things that really was not the brought me the joy anyway yeah you know i was like worst case scenario this is how i look at it this is how i'll drive a 1957 i'll drive an old truck i'll ride my dang bike if i have to yeah but worst case scenario i'm still gonna hunt that's how i I looked at i'm like it ain't that bad like i mean so i think it's okay to look at worst case scenario just so you have an idea of how something could pan out but really the worst case scenario one i don't think most of the time it's not going to unfold like you think it's going to and two worst case scenario is not the end of the world mm-hmm. i mean how many jillionaires filed bankruptcy multiple times before they ever made it yeah you know and so i think most of the time the things we fear is fear of the unknown and i mean there's a lot of things people do fear i mean i mean people fear having kids and raising kids and I don't think you should be fearful of that. You might want to be concerned. I was. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, when Aaron told me, I came home from work one day, <laughs> and she made a statement, and I was like, what? And then she said, yeah, I think I'm pregnant. And we had been married just a few months, not even a month, I don't think. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Really? I, I went out in the front yard. It was really dramatic. I was like, God, what am I going to do? <laughs> How am I gonna be a dad? <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic. Holy cow! <laughs> I mean, I've done okay. I got five kids now, but and they're they're all pretty good kids, you know. But I think that's it. You when you don't know what to expect, it's easy to allow, yeah. you know, that fear, which oftentimes causes causes really irrational thinking. Yeah. To to consume you to the place where you don't just move forward and, and live your life the way that you should. You yeah. Know? And like you said, oftentimes those worst case scenarios are really not necessarily the end of the world. Yeah. You know, in your irrational thinking, you might think it will be. Yeah. But For I, sure. I don't know. We've always said, Aaron and I have always said this because we've been, you know, we've been married for almost this year will be 20 years and we've got five children and we've done a lot of different things and been to a lot of different places 
and we've had moments where everything was awesome and moments where everything sucked and um in all of those moments aaron and i've always said every moment is an opportunity to grow somehow absolutely and so even the moments where where it was awesome and we didn't really have to work hard to make a decision it was we learned something yeah moments where we had to make a decision that might be a little bit fearful you know like whenever i moved from ohio to to russellville right you know i left my job without a job which is what not what we recommend to do to people (laughs) but especially especially when you have five children Uh, yeah um but i just knew i had you know i had from some of the circumstances that we had experienced in our family i knew whether i work whether i moved back home to arkansas and i went to lowe's or a gas station or i whatever whatever find a way to make i would find a way to take care of my family you know whether it was doing something i loved at that time or it was just something that needed to be done i knew i had to take that risk i I needed to make that step for our family you know and there were days that i sat in our basement in ohio thinking bro have you lost your mind you know and I, i would always have to tell myself you can't let that overcome you because you're doing the right thing and yeah obviously it panned out and we're well yeah look but if you look back now though there's a great learning you know experience there i mean the fear could have held you back and had you not made that move i mean nobody knows but where would you be now oh yeah absolutely i mean now you're living in dream world (laughs) my wife always tells people this guy has his his dream job (laughs) well i mean i feel this i feel the same way we have a blast we don't mean we don't work and have to get stuff done but at the end of the day we're in a field we absolutely love and we get to meet a lot of time people we get to do plenty of hunting yeah and and we love it um and so i think there's there's that people not being willing to make the move like you did though yeah don't realize sometimes what they're missing out on yeah because we wouldn't neither one of us had we not made a move we wouldn't be where we're at today Mm -hmm. in business or life or with our families yeah and so um i think i think that's a great you know analogy of not letting fear keep you from what could be i like to flip the script on what if scenarios most people immediately because we're negative negativity in a human world we live in we immediately always think what if from a negative standpoint like what if this don't work what if this happens what if whatever whatever Mm -hmm. but i like to flip it the perspective same same term same words but what if it does work out yeah what if it does and i'm probably honestly too far that way um my wife would say i got some new big idea every day yeah and i've I've had to learn to to rein them back a little bit because you only got so much time to do so much you know um but i'm i'm sometimes probably too far the other way but um fear can paralyze a lot of people but i think it's a just a perspective of how you evaluate it um and the only way to to overcome that is to recognize it for what it is Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's just a mental game right you know um i don't i don't think we're saying go out and make stupid decisions no no i'm not saying that at all but you do I, i was listening to a podcast while i was working out this morning and one of the things they were talking about is one of the riskiest things is not being willing to take a risk and it kind of goes along with what you just said you know if what if what if you do what if you don't whatever you know and yeah as i was listening to that i was thinking you know there there have been times over the last several years you know that the risk was way greater than not taking it you know yeah and you like you said you just never know and so i think it's it comes there's got to be a balance between taking the risk and acting ignorant (laughs) oh absolutely and 
and I guess fear does play play a part in both of those, but you can't let it control you. Yeah. In fact, the other day, I'll give you just a kind of a dumb example, but I, I learn from my kids all the time. I, I don't know, maybe not a dumb example, but a, a teaching example. My son, Jack, he is on a sixth grade basketball team, and um, several of the kids on the team were quarantined because they had exposure to right. COVID. And so they were down from... 17 players to 10 and they have a a team and a b team or a first team and a second team whatever you know they have two games so that all the kids can get experience and if you play in one you're not supposed to play in the other whatever so um, jack usually plays on the first team but he's like the sixth or seventh guy off the bench and we were driving to the gym because i was gonna work the concession stand before (laughs) his game you know old dad dude yeah and he's like dad this team moral to man they're supposed to be the best in our league what are we gonna do all of our guys are out and there's just five of us and i was like you're gonna shut up <laughs> i was like you need to stop talking like that right now you're gonna go out there and you're gonna play like you play your brothers in the in the driveway you're right gonna, you're gonna drive on the biggest kid that's out there you're gonna take care of the ball and you're gonna play like you're gonna win you're not gonna be afraid and he's looking at me like what the heck are you talking Dang, about coach <laughs> I was just, but that's what I've seen in my kids is sometimes those situations come up. And if you yeah. you start fearing them before they ever happen, you know. Because yeah. they're thinking of the negative what-if scenario. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I think a, a good takeaway, like a good sentence is fear has the potential to drive you down the road or it has the potential to cause you to stop and never go anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to teach them in that moment was, sure, they may be better than you, but you're going to play – the best you can whether you win or lose yeah. you know and if you fail you're going to learn from yeah, it and yeah, be better the next time there's nothing wrong with that in the next game the coach might look at you and say dang you did so good against that team while everybody was out I want to give you a little more playing time or yeah. um, you're going to learn how to, to drive on this person or you know like I was applying it to his situation or right. whatever but you know I think it goes for all of the things that we're about business leadership life all of those things that we can't let fear keep us from moving down the road, heading down the path. Yeah, you know? I agree. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I think the problem is with a lot of people? What? They walk around like a doe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know how a doe walks around? Let's, I don't know about everywhere, but everywhere I've been, specifically Arkansas. Yeah. Maybe our does are different. They are different than like Texas and some different places we go. I wish we were doing a video podcast now because I would ask you to (laughs) imitate it. (laughs) Well, you here's my my point is this: is they're on edge all the time, all the time. Yeah, like I mean, every move. I watch them even on my game cams, and I'm like, I ain't even out there fixing to sling an arrow, and you're. It don't matter to them. They're on edge. They're on call. Why? Because they're fearful something's going to get them. You know, for for their life, and so. Whereas in not to say a big buck when he comes through is not not fearful, but it's definitely a different approach. Yeah. When they come come up out of the woods, a lot of times they're either looking for something. Now they're going to be cautious and be smart. It's like the big buck I'm chasing right now. He ain't dumb, Mm -hmm. and I've been chasing him for two years, and it may be into next year, maybe the next year. I don't know, but he approaches, and I think there's something we can learn from that. Is 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 they approach cautiously. And they're very aware of what's going on around them for the most part, as well as, I mean, as well as their senses will allow them to. Yeah. 
but they're not on edge to the point where like they can't even eat a piece of grass without thinking something's fixing to get them yeah you know? and a lot of people walk through life like that they're oh, yeah. just like everything is somebody's out to get me this guy screwed me in business or in life and so now you think you just associate that one experience with everybody else and we see it in the church world all the time yeah like somebody got hurt by church and so they automatically think every other church in the planet's out to get them yeah you know and it's just not the reality yeah but sometimes we walk through life like yeah. that yeah um so i think there's a difference in 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 being cautious and being aware of what's going on versus just living a lifestyle that's based out of fear yeah and never getting down the road like you said to where you could be yeah if you just took some chances every yeah. now and then yeah let that know. fear if it does come be a motivator instead of a captivator yeah <laughs> well so i think an, i think another something that's helped me in, in just in life in general is and maybe it's a takeaway from somebody but or for somebody but is to surround yourself with people that are or go in the direction you want to go and yeah. that are positive people. And, well, I would and, even add to that people that want to see you succeed. Yeah, and yeah. they're a positive voice in your life. For example, right now, we got a whole world of people that are freaking out and fearful about the world we live in right now, the government, all this and that. And so, and maybe for good reason in a lot of cases, but for me, like, I don't listen to that mess. I'm not going home and turning on the news. Ever. I don't even hardly watch the news no more because I don't want to hear that mess. It's right. the same thing over and over and over again. Well, guess what? You're going to come to work tomorrow, and we're going to be talking about whatever the next worst thing is yeah. that's going on. I was with over Christmas break, and we can line this up whenever, but over Christmas break, I had the chance to be with my aunt down the road in Conway and my grandma. And uh, so my aunt's 99 years old. I may, yeah. have, I may have told you this she's had a lot of life man and she can't see we call her aunt chris uh she can't see but her mind is sharp as attack like she's there like she's awesome we need to do a podcast with her before she goes on to the other side but um she's awesome just to hear because she's lived a lot of life i mean she's seen multiple wars and and yeah and even bits and pieces of slavery i mean she's seen it all and we were talking and then i have my grandma there too who she's 93 really? so i had nearly 200 years of life in front of me just sitting there just listening to him talk and it was awesome and by the end of the conversation we somehow got off into talking about the world and stuff and uh i said ain't chris i can't believe we live in a world like we do now i said it's pretty bad and she goes yeah heath she goes it probably is she goes but it's been bad before yeah and man it stuck with me because coming from her she's seen it all yeah like and there's and, some validity to and that statement she, there. absolutely and she's not out in the world right now because she can't get around and see and all that she lord knows she can't drive but she's not even intaking everything that we take in mm-hmm. on a daily basis outside of maybe the news or newspapers here yeah. and there but just her perspective it kind of i took it with me that day and i thought you know what it ain't that bad it yeah. goes back to that worst case scenario yeah it's bad and like we say in work all the time and life too it'll, it'll work out or it won't yeah it'll work or it <laughs> you won't. know it's gonna work out or it won't yeah and at the end of the day what is the worst case scenario yeah it's probably not as bad as we make it out to be yeah you know i mean maybe it is a career choice or a decision we know what there's there's probably another career out there that you could thrive in if yeah. this one didn't work out and it's yeah. not the end of the world you know right. So um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of takeaways we could have, have today, but I think that if we could just, for me, if you can view view fear as a piece of information mm-hmm. rather than a lifestyle or a vein that you live through, yeah, and and recognize it for what it is, then if you can recognize it, then you can overcome it, and, yeah, and just change good. change the perspective and the way you look at it. Yeah, you know, I was kind of that was going to be my takeaway. Similarly, I was thinking while I was 
running this morning at the gym <clears throat> trying to get back in that groove of doing it every day if i can i was i meant to meet you there yeah i'm sure you did i just slipped, i'm sure you were still sleeping when i was there <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was running i was trying to think you know what would be because we had already talked about you know wanted to talk about fear and all that stuff and <clears throat> so i'm trying to think you know because we always want to give people some some value that they can take and apply to their right. life or their business, business or, or their family or whatever and I kept thinking, fear is kind of like the rudder of a ship. You know, it can turn you whichever way you want. Yeah. You know, wh- whichever way it needs you to go. And I think that that's why sometimes when we watch what you said, the news, and read read this and that, that fear often is that strongest voice for us. And it shapes which way we go and how we live yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I think it's important that we take, take control of the ship again, you yeah. know, of our life. And, yeah. And instead of just letting the information lead us and tell us what we have to do or what we have to be afraid about and what our life can look like, take control of your life and, like you said, process the information properly. Let it be a learning tool. Let yeah. you know, let fear, if anything, be a guide for you to make the best decision yeah. and do something with it. You well, know? I'll, I'll say this on that same note, that the ones that can conquer this area of life are the ones that find success down the road. Yeah. When you look at, at the people that think about the strongest leaders, you know, they're not to say they're not concerned, but they don't live their life through a lens of fear. Mm-hmm. They're trying stuff. They're taking risks. They're leading people. They're coaching people. Doesn't mean they got it all figured out, Yeah. but they're not sitting back just waiting on. I see, I see all the time. And we have these conversations with people all the time one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have is is fear of confrontation yeah well think about it from a leadership standpoint the ones that separate the men from the boys so to speak is is those that are willing to have those conversations in the right manner not saying right. nobody has them in the right way all the time but we talk to people all the time that don't want to have a, a com- conversation because they know it, it could be confrontational mm-hmm. and so they just stay away from it and ig- ignore it and and it just builds and festers and builds and yeah. builds and by the time they're ready to have that conversation they they just explode yeah and then everybody in the room is mad yeah. because they didn't handle it from the get-go yeah and then oftentimes it never gets dealt with because because of that kind of response yeah yeah everybody's yeah. so mad they never talk yeah and then they move on and it's still there yeah and so i think i think from a leadership standpoint this is a huge area moving forward in life and in business and, and even with family is being the one that people can lean on that they know I need to talk to this dude. If he needs to have that conversation, he can either help me get through it or he can help me have the conversation or coach me or whatever. Because at the end of the day, that's what separates a lot of people yeah. when it comes to different levels of leadership and how successful they end up being later in life. Yeah. A you few know. minutes of an uncomfortable conversation is much better than a lifetime. Oh, absolutely. Of frustration. Yeah. You know? well, <laughs> and, mean, it, and it reflects on the leader, too. You see it in businesses all the time. Like if you've got staff people and their leader's not willing to take care of something because they're fearful of confrontation, mm-hmm. eventually people lose lose the, the respect for the leader. Right. And so they either blow up and get mad or they'll just ease out and they'll go yeah. find something else to do yeah. because they weren't willing to have and so it's kind of a, a slippery slope but, yeah. if, but if you can conquer that I mean the sky's the limit I sure. believe to what, what you could be when it comes to just success in life you know Absolutely. and business I, you know what I fear Cody not doing another podcast till 2023 no we ain't gonna do that 
<laughs> but <laughs> that was funny. That, you know, I'm that was hard funny. Enough. I mean, that good. It was funny, but that's not going to happen <laughs> to our listeners that were mad at us for taking too long to get back. We're back. We're back. I fear making the wrong move on a deer sometimes, man. Yeah, it keeps me up at night. I mean, them suckers are smart. <laughs> We've already established that you hung a set and the deer you were after moved forty yards away. Oh, he's still there, but he ain't coming by that tree. Yeah. He's uh You need to get you a saddle, Heath. Oh, don't even start. You need that to get mess. you a saddle and then Drake's over shaking his head. You could have climbed that tree that night and stayed there and shot him. Stayed there. You said he came by that night? No, he came by the night before I hung the set. Oh, okay. When I just put a camera out just to check the Either way, if you get you a saddle, you can swing from tree to tree and go Tarzan on him. Go Tarzan on him. Yeah, I'm That's not really how it works, but <laughs> if you decide to go that route, make sure I'm there to film it. I will, for sure. <laughs> well, man, it's been good to be back. Absolutely. I always enjoy talking about, you know, this kind of stuff and just you know taking my experiences or our experiences and yeah absolutely trying to help somebody in some area of their life yep that's always real fun we got anything good down the coming down the pipeline we need to let anybody know about we always got something good coming up down the pipeline do you want to let any cats out of any bags never let cats out of bags why not because i mean people listening it's that know, tension <laughs> you know what our buddy john's gonna say he's, he's gonna, gonna say like, why'd you do dead that gum, you. <laughs> that's exactly why i said when i started talking like that i immediately thought of him because <laughs> he always says sorry that. john if you're listening <laughs> you sorry. always tell us you got something coming but you won't tell us what it is <laughs> so we're gonna tell them or not you can tell them if you want you don't even know what one i'm gonna tell i don't but i trust you um i don't know <laughs> Dun, 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 should we thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> this has been an episode <laughs> let's uh, here's what we'll do there is I'll let half of it out okay nor should we not go for it there is a new podcast coming not gonna tell you when or where or who with but Cody the producer man will be involved and so will Jay Heath Grant. Maybe. <laughs> you going to leave me hanging Cody on Cody gets this. me so busy, I don't know if I can commit. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. <laughs> I've got another one I want to start. Yeah. Do you want to start another one? I mean, well. I mean, we, we were so efficient yeah. with this one the last. Our last one was February. That ended season three. Okay. That's not a bad sabbatical. That's not too. It was perfect, actually. I feel yeah. refreshed and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> It gave people time to catch up. I do. I'll let one out of the bag. Um, I do want to start another one called The Whitetail Gospel. I think I've told you that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be called The Whitetail Gospel, where the truth is always changing. (laughs) (laughs) I think I want to have that one. Look, we're just going to talk deer. I like it. I mean, there's enough to talk about all year long. Can you talk deer 52 weeks a year? Sure. There's always something to talk about, 100%. Do you realize, I don't know if you're like this, I think about whitetail deer every day of my life. I, I think about it every day of my life, but probably not to the level that you do because I don't own my own property yet. It's getting bad. Yeah. No, I mean like real bad. Like to the point I ordered like eight books. I don't even read. 
and I ordered. He did. I, he was sitting in I a got blind a this year, and he kept texting me screenshot or texting like, pictures. Can you of a believe book. this? He's like, is this real? I just read this. I was like, bro, you might as well go stand in the middle of the field. The deer ain't gonna smell you. <laughs> he said, like, I read it in a book. Oh Lord. But I will say that those books that you were reading were pretty interesting. Like the, there were some the, legit the testing that they had done, and all that was really. Yeah, we'll probably talk about some of that on this podcast because there yeah. was some very interesting information um, concerning scent, scent control, and some things where some testing had been done with drug dogs and yeah, pretty dang impressive skunks. stuff. Skunks, the whole deal. Yeah, so let's we might do that. Let's do a podcast. Bring on up that some soon. of that. All right, let's find an expert in the field and bring them in on that one. I, I am the expert now. You know why? I read, the, read book. the book. I read the book from <laughs> Dr. Deer. Not really Dr. Deer. I don't, I don't know who the author was. I just go back and look at it. But there was some intriguing information. In yeah. There. It's, there, there's so much to learn about deer. and You wouldn't think just at no. first glance that it's it's a deer. Especially yeah. guys that just hunt you know, a few gun days a year or whatever. Yeah. It's just a few days they go hunt, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you really get into it and you really start trying to to target deer and kill specific deer and figure out they're really smarter than you thought they were right then you want to know why if you're competitive Mm -hmm. this is like my my competing i don't get to play sports somewhere but i always love competing and i hate losing you know what you can go run with me that's a sport that's that's different I'll, it's not I'll, like a real competition. I'll let you win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> get you a trophy and everything. <laughs> oh Lord, that's funny. I, I did get the last. Um, what was the Rust Vegas half? We did some photography work at. I got yeah. me a medal from that dude. Did you? I mean, not really, but kind of. I mean, I don't like hold it up like you kept it like though. i really ran it it's actually my wife's because she sponsored the event but Such i was like i could just i could just thing to say. i could just put this thing around my neck and they'd be like dang you ran a, a 5k <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even get to the half marathon part yeah you did we drove we drove we took <laughs> the, the jeep golf cart. golf cart no we did drive the jeep this year yeah i did like the jeep way better than the golf cart oh yeah it was it's even better if you take the top off and then well it was kind of cold this year and rainy yeah forget that but yeah it was fun i had a good time it's always fun we have rabbit trailed squirrel again that's all right it's been a while we're making up for yeah all the squirrels we do we do need to wrap this up because we got to send some emails out and all right finish up the day before it gets too late well it's good to be back i hope you guys have a good week and we'll be back when cody the next time we record not telling you're not telling (laughs) no i don't want to (laughs) commit let's do a podcast about commitment yeah i mean we can do that and we have done that (laughs) actually we'll be back but every year we have said whatever amount of podcasting we said we were going to do we did do that true and so we haven't really decided so last year we actually we gave them two months of bonus material last year yeah january february we went over yeah overproduced there you go so now so I, I, we just haven't decided our frequency yet, so I don't want to commit to something and then us not be able to do that. That's probably smart. Yeah. I mean, just because I want to make sure we get our deadlines here. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this thing up and get out of here. So till next time, I'm Heath. That was Cody, the producer man. Peace out. God bless. 
Hey guys, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the Tour 12 podcast, we'd love for you to do us a favor, a huge favor. In fact, all you have to do is go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. Throughout this year, we're going to give away products, hats, t-shirts, and a lot of other free things from our sponsors. And the only way that you can be registered to win any of that free stuff is to give us a review. Listen, I love free stuff. Heath loves free stuff. And I know that you do too. And we want to share some of that stuff with you, our listeners. We can't thank you enough for listening to the Tour 12 podcast. And we hope that you're taking steps every day to live your passion in business, leadership, and life. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.